up, everyone? Good morning. And welcome back to another edition of the show. It is episode 291. I am joined once again with Kyle Klingman, sporting a 33 in the background out of Cedar Falls, Iowa. Kyle, how you doing today? Doing good. Got Mike Malinconico in town for USA Wrestling, Folk Style Nationals, Recruiting Showcase, and Bill Farrell, all under one roof, known as the Unidome in Cedar Falls, Iowa. So excited for the weekend. If you play your cards right, he might he might throw a pop-up clinic for you, teach you some teach you some wrestling roofs. Like I'd like that. Always finding clinics in every every city, every turn. So um, hopefully you guys have a great weekend, but I'm excited to get to today's guest. Three-time All-American from Lehigh, five-time EAWA champ. Not not a whole lot of those. It's Jordan Wood. Jordan, thanks for joining us today. How the heck are you? I'm doing well, Bader. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm pretty excited to get after it. Absolutely. Um, congrats on a, a third-place finish at the NCAAs. Like we said, your third All-American title. 100th win, although it was a forfeit at the end, but we'll kind of get to that. But congrats on all that. But let's just let's go back to the beginning, man. You grew up in the Lehigh Valley or in that area, as far as I know. It's like wrestling hotbed. What was growing up like? How did how did you get introduced to wrestling, or is it just something that was always there? How old were you when you actually started on a mat yourself? So my my best friend, lifelong best friend, JT Cooley. Um, our dads were business partners and his dad, my uncle John is, uh, the high school wrestling coach. So he started wrestling, I think when he was five, so I was six and I got really jealous. So, uh, that next year, I think second grade got a pair of shoes, got on the mat and I hated it. I was really bad at it. I was always freaky big for my age. So <laughs> as a second grader, I was wrestling nothing but six and seventh graders and just getting oh, pounded. So but just came back year after year and it was a uh, ended up falling in love with it. Man, okay, second grade, you hate it because you're wrestling twelve year olds and you're yeah. I don't know, six, seven, something like that. When did it become fun? When did you start to have success? Maybe wrestle kids your own age, or maybe you started having success as that gap at least was getting smaller in the age differences. So my home program always did a really good job of making sure it was fun. I mean, that's why I came back. Um we had a really tight Boyertown wrestling family that I just wanted to be with those guys at practice. When it came to competing, um, I didn't really start having fun until I became the fourth, fifth grader, sixth grader. I was the big guy. Um, yeah. I think in fifth grade, I went to PJWs and I won the 10 and under division at heavyweight. And that's when I kind of realized I could be pretty good at this. I don't think I realized it. The youth coaches told my parents were like, Hey, that doesn't happen a lot. Like it's kind of really hard to to win the PJW tournament. Um, you might want to try like more tournaments and stuff. So from then on sixth grade, I had a lot of success. Um, and then seventh grade, I decided um, I wanted to be really good at the sport. A lot of guys. And like we had Keyshawn Clark on yesterday, right? And he talked about finding wrestling as a freshman and then quitting football and going on all in on wrestling. But he was a hundred Light hundreds, right? He's 141 as a senior. Football wasn't a long-term option for him. It was for you, probably, and probably lacrosse, too. Um, what was it about wrestling that that you were like, no, I'm quitting these other ones and, and doing this? So wrestling, I love the idea that no matter how good you get, no matter how long you spend time mastering the craft, you won't master it. There's, there's <laughs> always more to learn. There's always 
places to improve. Um, I just kind of became obsessed with that. I wanted to learn all of the wrestling moves and I would imitate the guys that were having success at the time at the senior level and just try to wrestle like them. And it was just a fun thing to do. And in football, I remember it was really fun when I was in second, third, fourth grade, because that was always split up by age and no one could be more than a year older than you. So I was a tank in second, <laughs> third, fourth. They just give me the ball and I would just pinball everyone off of me and score whatever I wanted. But then in fifth and sixth grade, I think sixth grade was the first year someone hit me back. I didn't like it. And uh, I remember after that play, I came back to the huddle and in my head, I'm like this, that wasn't fun. That hurt. My head hurts. Um, I'm not going to run the ball like that again. And ever since I was like, I don't like getting hit like that. I like hitting people like that, but when they do it back, it's not fun. Yeah. Where wrestling, there's never really that, that impact unless it's on accident. It's all kind of, it's like a chess match. I go this way. Then I go that way. He falls down. What was um, not just from your doing it experience, but your watching, right? Were you how not involved? But how how much did you follow the high schools? Did you have favorite guys as you were coming up? Like oh, so and so and so and so and so and so, and these guys who maybe went on to college success and beyond. So um, when I was in seventh eighth grade, I loved watching. Jaden, uh, Thomas Haynes is one of my big uh, people I like to watch. And I wrestled him in the state finals my freshman year, actually. So I was kind of like starstruck in that one. Uh, and I really liked watching Frank Molinero. And I watched Zach Ray, actually, in the national finals the year he won. And I was like, that guy is massive. So Huge. I just liked watching wrestling. I watched a lot of it. Um, and I more I didn't have a favorite wrestler. I just really wanted to try all the cool moves that would be on like the flow dirty takedown of the week. Yeah. When did you uh, start to set goals? Whether it was high school, state medalist, state champ, NCAA, same thing. That was pretty early on. Um, once I focused in seventh grade on becoming a great wrestler. I'd write down goals, what I wanted to be. Um, and then in ninth grade, like my goal was to, to be the best. I wanted to be state champ, go win flow nationals, go win Fargo. I got second at all of those. So that hurt that year. Um, but ever since you need to, you need to have a goal and set it high to be able to achieve great things. You need to have it written down, have a concrete idea of what to do and how to get there. How did how did your high school career kind of unfold and, and go for you? It went really well. Um, <laughs> I was 149 and five, I believe. And I missed over half my season my junior year because I tore my labrum. And then I missed the postseason my senior year because I popped some cartilage in my rib pretty bad. But outside of that, I competed a lot. I went to a lot of places and my parents did an amazing job of finding me the best partners and making sure I spent time with them. Uh, in seventh and eighth grade, my high school coaches would bring in the graduated high school athletes that they coached that were wrestling in college currently when I was weighing like 180 pounds. So 
I was getting beat on by 74, 84, 97 pounders that were wrestling division one as a 12 year old. And just trying to, trying to find my way out of that is what had me prepared freshman year to come in as a 220 pounder and make to the state finals, go 49 and two, I believe, and then go to the flow national finals and just go out and compete. Yeah. You said your junior year, you missed half the season because I think you said you tore your labrum and, and cartilage. Maybe you had to miss your senior year postseason. Looking back, having finished your college career, maybe not such a big deal. In the moment, what was it like? You know, wrestling's not your life, but it's a huge part of your life at the time. And all of a sudden you're sidelined and you can't do it. And it probably feels like maybe a bigger deal than it turned out to be. But at the time, what was that experience, those experiences like? At the time, so going back to the shoulder, when I tore my labrum, it was after I got, it was after I was a cadet world silver medalist. So I was out at the Olympic Training Center for one of the senior world team camps, I believe. And I ended up in a simulation match. Elbow slipped on the mat. It ended up on the wrong side of my head. I oh. full, full 360 tear on my labrum. Went to sleep with a bottle of Advil in me, woke up the next day and I had a simulation match against Dustin Kilgore. Um, and that hurt so bad. I got through it. Um, I just thought I was being a baby, went home, didn't do anything for two weeks. And I was at a youth wrestling practice back at Boyertown and I threw a collar tie on a youth kid, like a 50 pound little child. Yeah. And he just kind of pulled on the, the collar tie and it brought me to my knees just in pain. And I was like, I think I actually messed something up. So we went, got the MRI and they're like, yep. I was at a Lehigh RTC practice when the results came back and just wincing through practice. Oh, man. And Tom came upstairs and was like, hey, Jordan, you completely tore your labrum. So we made the decision in October, get it done. And at that time, everyone was saying, you know, you missed your season. It's okay. You'll be back for senior year. But me and my dad were like, did I miss my season? October, November, December, January. The postseason's in February. It's four and a half months away. And they're like, it's a labrum full 360 tear. That is six months minimum. And we both were like, is it though? <laughs> so uh, we, my dad owned the gym. Uh, he's a personal trainer. Uh, my biggest role model. I admired him more than I can put into words. Uh, and I told him, I was like, I want to, I want to wrestle this postseason. And he's like, well, if we're going to do it, we are going to rehab it the right way because it is not tearing again. We went to my surgeon. We told him the plan, and he's like, I, I cannot say that this is going to work, but I can't stop you. Um. I can't clear you, but I physically can't stop you from competing. <laughs> as soon as I got out of that sling, we were on a condensed short range of motion, shoulder rehab intensely every week. So at four and a half months, I went out there and at the team state duels, I competed with a shoulder sleeve on. And then I wrestled my entire postseason, four and a half to five and a half months post-surgery and I won my first state title and my wow. only state title. Wow. Insane. Yeah. So, so that was kind of, and looking back at it, um, wasn't the smartest, 
So I'm super lucky I didn't re-tear that. But every, it, 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 uh, you said maybe he's not smart or something, or maybe you're, but like it turned out fine, right? Like maybe it turned out fine. I've never had any other issue other than normal shoulder pain from having your entire labrum torn. You're a tough SOB too. I mean, I, I've kind of figured that regardless, but like hearing that, like I tore it and I went and wrestled Kilgore the next day and then I came home and a 50 pound kid took me to my knees, but yet however long later you were back at another RTC practice when you got the news and they were probably like, Hey, all right, stop practice, come on the side and, and the rehab. That's insane. Now, go ahead. actually the time that I committed to college too. Um, that was during the recruiting process. That was, uh -huh getting kind of hairy a lot of schools i get overwhelmed with that stuff i don't like letting people down yeah but uh i got that news so i was in a sling and i i texted coach pat the next day i was like hey how do i verbally commit because i in my heart i knew i wanted to go to lehigh uh-huh he's like oh you just you just tell me that you commit i was like okay can i come up to rtc today and he's like yes yes you can so <laughs> Drove up to Lehigh that next day in a sling, and I was like, "So, I I commit. <laughs> I don't know." <laughs> um, like, <laughs> that idea was so weird to me. I'm like, "There's nothing I sign. I just I'm doing it." Okay, I did not need to drive up here. I could have called you. I probably could have texted you. Yeah, I, it felt right to do it in person, and then we just turned around and drove home. I just wanted that process to be over, and so I could focus on getting better and. Focus on being the best me for when I got here. <laughs> How do I verbally commit? I thought you were gonna say he told you. I think you just did. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Um. Okay, so that's the shoulder your junior year puts you out in the middle of the season. You come back and you and you, and you make the postseason. Tell me about the senior year injury that I think you said kept you out of the postseason. Yeah, that that one was a little bit more heartbreaking. Um, I was in the district finals. I took the kid down first 30 seconds, slapped on a cross face cradle and he was super strong and I was using zero technique. I was just trying to rip him as hard as I could, rotating my upper body and a rib popped out. Um, so then injury time, he goes back on bottom, whistle blows. I throw a cross face cradle right back on and do the same exact thing. And it pops out really bad. Oh, um, I finished the match. I ended up winning by a point, but like the gym was you could hear a pin drop. It was dead silent because the whole match I was making weird sounds and faces. And my stance was like a sumo squat. My chest and body was straight up and down. I was just bending at the knees, trying to hold position. The next day I woke up and I had work. I worked at the front desk of my dad's gym. I showed up an hour and a half late because it took me an hour and a half to try and get out of bed. Anytime I moved left or right, it would pop out and I was just in excruciating pain. So we went to the orthopedic surgeon a few days later and actually I went to the chiropractor first and he tried adjusting me and he just popped my rib out. And so I was like, that hurt. He's like, okay, <laughs> let's try it again. And I was like, no, thank you. I'm going to leave now. Um, go to the orthopedic surgeon. I lay on my back. And the first thing he says is, okay, make it pop out. I'm like, do you guys not realize this hurts so bad every time I manually dislocate my rib? I pop it out. He pops it back in. And he's like, well, that's what it's going to feel like if you try to wrestle. 
So it's up to you. And I just knew I couldn't do it. I knew if I went out there, I was going to drop some matches that I wasn't supposed to and just be miserable. So I really emotional called coach Pat. I'm like, coach, I don't think I'll be able to wrestle. He goes, good. Like, don't what? (laughs) He's like, yeah, yeah, don't you've get healthy. You have like junior world team trials coming up and then we want you to be healthy. Like, you, you know, you're coming here already, right? Like you don't have to prove it to anybody. And I was like, but it's the PA state tournament. I need to win it twice. Looking back best decision was to just heal up because I made that junior world team that year got to go out to France and so it was not as big of a deal as it was but in the time I was like my world's over yeah can't wrestle what did you man that that um whether or not it was immediate it had to feel good but Pat was like so what yeah don't good like you know you're thinking this whole way in dark and gloom and the sky is falling and he's like no, sunshine and rainbows. Like, what, yeah. how did it, it feel to hear that exact opposite kind of opinion? I didn't know how to react on the phone when he said that because I was prepared for that doom and gloom conversation. Yeah. And it was just not the reaction I anticipated. So I caught myself in the doom and gloom. I was like, really? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you're injured. Just, just don't. And he's like, if if this was the NCAA tournament and you were on our team with our medical staff, I'm sure we could figure something else out for you, but you're not. And that's okay. I, I believe you could win states this year. Like, <laughs> you don't have to prove that to me. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll just heal up. Coach Santoro is awesome. Everybody loves him and has good things to say about him. I don't, I wish I had not even something bad to say about, I not, I don't wish of course, but like, I never even heard somebody like be even annoyed or like, you know, some coaches rub people the wrong way for whatever reason. And, and most coaches, somebody dislikes from somewhere, but Pat's just like, he is the perfect wizard. role model. He is an incredible loved. human being. Um, and it's not an act. It's not a show. He lives his life the way that I hope to live my life one day. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, all right. Look, you know, I kind of want to, we got the backstory. I know you, you went to Lehigh, you did well, but it's like COVID comes and goes and your fourth year and it's time to decide for, of eligibility. It's time to mm-hmm. decide whether or not to take this extra free COVID year. What was that? Was that a no brainer? What was that decision like for you? Was it, what did you really give us some thought? Um, It was a no-brainer. I was planning on taking the Olympic red shirt for the COVID year just to save my year of eligibility. And I did the first half. And then I had a pretty bad, uh, it wasn't that bad. I had a, I lost to Kirk Fleet and Hendrickson in a tough, tough match to Hendrickson at nationals last year. Um, so I was just unhappy with my results. So for about a week there after nationals, I was like, I'm not coming back. I'm done. That was it. I'm just going to wrestle freestyle. And then I went to the last chance trials for the the Olympic trials. And I had a pretty good weekend. And I was like, I can't wait to be back. Like we're going to win the thing here. We're going to do it. Um, So there was only one week of me being negative because it was a whole, whole rough weekend for me at nationals. But outside of that, the plan was to, to compete at 
nationals last weekend. Sure. It's funny uh, how quickly your perspective can change from the end of that NCAAs through through the Olympic trials and the, and the week or the, I don't know, four or five years prior when you thought the sky was falling, Pat was like, no, just don't go. No big deal. It's like exactly. things can shift pretty quickly. And from last year, I think that has been the biggest shift in my mindset. Um, I don't get high in the highs. Don't get low in the lows. It's a wrestling match. I'm going to go out there and do it. Um, no matter what I dropped two matches during the regular season. And I walked off the mat for both of them. And I was like, man, I could have won that. And then if I'd have a close win that I didn't like, I'd come off the mat and say, I won and I didn't lose. So, uh, and that, that I think that helped me a lot mentally going into the national tournament because I knew all it is is survive in advance. And if you don't advance, you got to survive in advance on the backside. And then if you don't do that, what's the worst that happens? Nothing. Man, that that's like really good perspective. And I don't know if it like took having a sixth year of college or, or if it was that, that I'm done Olympic trials. No, I'm back. I like the perspective's awesome. And you probably wish you could have had it sooner, but yeah. life is the way it is. And we learn things the way we learn them. What was it that allowed you to have that perspective and that like carefree attitude, I guess, almost. It was that exact, the, those three weeks last year where I went two and two at nationals, but then I was top two at the last chance trials and went out to the Olympic trials and got to experience that. Um, it was like two weeks ago, I thought I was awful at wrestling. I thought not good. Um, that my career, my whole life vision, it was like a joke. Fast forward, I'm one of the, the elite guys at the elite Olympic trials. And it's like, you are one of those guys. So that is what made me realize sometimes you have a bad weekend. Sometimes you have a good weekend. No matter what, um, I do everything to the best of my ability to be the best wrestler, best person that I can be. So just go out and enjoy it. Um, what's supposed to happen will happen. The only thing you can control is your effort and your attitude when you get to act them. Wrestlers are insane. And you're like, if they're so, um, highly motivated and have such high expectations that like falling just a little short, losing a couple close matches or whatever, you do like turn your world upside down. You're like, my whole goal for life is a joke. And this is, Back to the sky is falling, right? But it's like because you hold yourself to such a high standard and you have such high expectations, you fall just a little short and you think the house is falling. The sky, like everything's a mess and I can't, this has all been for nothing. I was on LinkedIn on Friday night after I lost at Nationals last year looking for HR internships and HR jobs for me to go into because I was like, yep. That's it. I'm washed up this year. <laughs> two and two at nationals. That's that's all she wrote. Oh man, this is like uh, I hope the younger kids can watch this and take take lessons, right? Because, um, fantastic, fantastic. I, I guess mental work and and really yeah. impressive. I want to dive into this year, and I told you this before, so we want to kind of we want to watch three of these matches, right? Um, yeah. so I want, and they're just highlights. They're a minute, 
a minute and change, maybe even less than a minute. We'll start with um, the first one against Cassiope of Iowa. This was your your quarterfinal, and we're just going to kind of let it roll. You can talk through it. You can tell them to rewind or fast forward or whatever you want. I'm not a second start. Oh, so this is low scoring, right? We're going to go probably get escape in 1-1 one, one in the third. <clears throat> Look at that. Great level change. Was that over? That, that was is, overtime. That was overtime. Then oh, a man. lot of motion came out after that one. Yeah. Can we go back? To, <laughs> can we go back and, wa- and watch that one one more time, Nico? At least uh, like the, the second half where the takedown is. Tell me your mindset going into overtime. You're calm if you're not calm, if you're whatever. Had to stay disciplined. Um, at the national tournament, I wanted to stay calm and disciplined in every single match. Uh, and that was our fourth time wrestling. We, uh-huh. we hit in the U23 semis during the COVID year. Then we hit um, and the U23 semis the next year and during the season i lost three two to him so i knew that he's transformed himself into an offensive wrestler he's going to take risks he's going to take attacks and right there um we had a similar sequence earlier in the match where he got in a high crotch i hit my knee sprawl hard fed him the hips and he came up to a hook and i really like the swim high crotch i that's my go-to my bread and butter and I felt it earlier in the match, and I kind of hesitated. I didn't go for it. But right here, he comes up to a hook, and we're in overtime, and I just sent it. Got my hips under there, hit my ankles, and and it worked out for me. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I love the emotion. I love the emotion. So that brings you into the semis. Um, this is one, obviously one of the most memorable moments for, I think, a lot of people, for me, from the tournament. Same deal. It was 1-1 in overtime. I believe so. We can just let this one rip, Nico. Um, yeah, and, and you and Schultz. And, and yeah, right wow. there, yep. got out with fifty-six seconds ride time, and then here I got out pretty quick. Um, the game plan was to get that that minute of riding time. Uh-huh. Uh, do do work on top because defensively he is the best in the country. You you grab his leg, you're probably going to pay for it. Yeah. And I knew I had to win this on the mat. So when I had to ride him for eight seconds, I was feeling confident. And he snuck out and he got behind me. And I was like, no. Uh, and during yeah. this moment, this is one of those gut check moments where you either you either make it happen or you don't. Um, that's what you train for. You, I gave 120% effort there, got him up off the mat. And he held on. He reacts like absolutely no one else in the country. Typically, if you're 300 pounds, 285, and you are five feet in the air, almost upside down, you try to brace yourself. You bring your hands out. He didn't. He held on to my my head and my arm. He got that head pinch, and I've seen him do it before. He's he's cool, calm, and collected. He lands on his back, gets his feet in the mat, and he pops and brings you all the way through. And incredible wrestler. He is he is talented. And, and that gut check moment, got to do it, do it now. You get underneath, I probably don't have time to think much, but like, oh, I got to do it. And you lift him up and you're, is part of you like, I'm going to do this. Or do you even have all time of, to think? All of me was like, you did it. You got him up. This is your bread and butter. You get people in the air, you slam them on their hip and you score takedowns. So 
what was the, the gutsiest part was when I was on my butt right there with a double leg as he's running his hips into me. I just, yeah. I just braced every muscle in my body to try and try and get him up in the air. And Coach Brad Dillon's in the corner screaming, "Make it happen! Make it happen!" He meant like you know, cut a corner, peek out, don't try to pick him up. And I just took that as <laughs> brace yourself and get up, man. And, and I think as impressive as the lift that you alluded to, it was uh, you kind of got caught in your butt and he's, he's hitting you into you with those nearly 300 pounds. And I was like, oh, he's going to he's going to run right over you and put you to your back, yeah. which he didn't. Um, he did later after he kept on your head, like the same position again. And he and he jammed you. But man. I, I told you this before, but super impressed with that. I'm sure you heard, heard it from a lot of people. So, yeah, I mean, the biggest takeaway from my tournament is, you know, I had a great win against Cassiope in the quarters. My Conci semis against Davidson was a battle. Yeah. But everyone's saying, wow, the way you lifted Schultz was incredible. I'm like, yeah, yes. but I lost, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And you mentioned it, the Conci semi, right? Against Davidson. So we'll let this one go too. And this one was, this one was fun. I'm like, these are not heavyweights, the way these guys are wrestling. So funny backstory is after the Schultz match, um, I was a little bit down in the dumps, just kind of soaking in what just happened, that crazy scramble. Uh, I also drank a coffee at 9 p.m. because we wrestled at 1130. Yeah. I didn't fall asleep till about 5.15 a.m. And we got up at 7 to go to weigh-ins. And also at weigh-ins, I realized I forgot to eat dinner. So I weighed in at 282 on Friday and I was 271 Saturday morning. Holy so God. I was 11, 12 pounds lighter off of two hours of sleep. And I, I felt it. Uh, I was, this whole match was a gut check. As soon as the whistle blew, I was gassed and he, he felt that he was putting the heat on me and I did everything I could to stay alive. These, these, the reactions, the scrambles, it's just like, it's nuts, man. Yeah, I think uh, being completely exhausted was almost the best thing for me because it it forced me to relax. It forced me to have light feet and not squeeze at all. Because if I if I was squeezing, I was probably going to go out. I was I was so exhausted with such low blood sugar. But this scramble right here, um, I didn't mean for it to be a scramble. He shoots me out of bounds right here. I'm trying to pull his foot out so we can go out of bounds. But, <laughs> but it didn't go out of bounds. So I came up over the top and ended up in a low single. Unreal. And then that outside step, he did an amazing job floating his hips away and going to the splits instead of falling to that far hip and then catching that far ankle. But I like being in this position. Um I love I love being in wrestling positions and that far ankle especially is is real fun. Is this the taste? Oh no! This gets the, you roll over your back. Oh man! Mm -hmm. And he jumps across, gonna kick all the elbow. Ah, oh. that's one of those. Yeah, we we left it on the left it all on the mat right there. As soon as that really final did. whistle blew, we just kind of laid there, pretty tired for a second. Um. I take my ankle bands off, get my hand raised, and I'm walking back to the corner. And I put my hands on my knees. And Brad Dillon's like, come on, let's get off the mat. And all I say is, I'm going out because I had tunnel vision. I was starting to pass out. He grabs me by my hips 
I put my hands on a Zach Ray's back and they like Congo line me out of the arena <laughs> into a hallway in which I just collapse and just start chugging Powerade and, and um, honey stinger little gummies to get as much sugar as I can in my system. Cause at the time you're, you're getting ready for a third place match. I'm getting ready to wrestle third place match against Greg Kirkley, which is not an easy match. When did you, and he obviously medical forfeited. When did you hear that? Was it like not until you're getting ready to go out or halfway through that, that metal round or. Him and Cunningham came up to me probably 20 minutes after the match, after he was done and said he was, he was pretty banged up and that they were going to, they were going to forfeit. So that was, uh, I was, I was in the zone after the Davison match. Like I'm ready for one more war. Um, this is the last one. I'm authentically going to leave it all out there. Um, Day three, match six of year six. <laughs> Body's hurting, low energy. It's just going to be all heart. So when he said that, there was a weight off the shoulders of like, okay, I, this is as tired <laughs> as I'm going to be. This is this is it. I'm not going to get more tired than this. I'm gonna I'm gonna go drink a soda. I'm gonna relax. Like that's it. That's it. We're, that's y'all, it. that's what it was. And Man. that Davison match was an incredible last one to to end on. I mean, it was eight seven action the whole time. It was it was a it was a nice ending. That's cool. Yeah, hats off to you for for going out like that. And um, you know, the, the this, I was back there as you know. Um, they they win the placing matches. They bring the guys back for the media to interview and whatnot. And a lot of guys sitting on those chairs were 60 year guys and they were like holy hell the season Hurts. was banged up like i'm done i don't even, not even you know happy that they meddled but like almost questioning whether or not the year was worth it you maybe it's because the way things ended and you, you got a pass on the last match and the one before that was great but it, you seemingly other than b- being physically exhausted in the moment it sounds like your season wasn't uh, a sixth year grind as maybe some of the other was for some of the other guys. The coaches here at Lehigh, <clears throat> they understood that I was a 30 pounds bigger than I've ever been. And another year older, um, that they didn't make it a grind. Uh, we worked really close on what my schedule would be in terms of lift training, um, recovery. So <clears throat> when when push came to shove the whole season, I was communicating with them and they made sure I was fresh, strong, and excited to wrestle the entire season. And this was the first season I went injury free. I wrestled every single match at a hundred percent. And that was amazing. Well, injury wise, a hundred percent, like gas tank wise, that last one. Yeah. I mean, the tank was, day, it was getting kind of low. No matter what. I mean, I remember in 2019 when I took fourth, I had Desi, that Conti semi-match. And it was the same deal. We were just flying around for seven minutes, a higher pace match than I was used to. And I, I was so tired for the warm-up. I told Zach Ray, who I warmed up with, I was like, just let me do like 10 shots and I'm good. Like, I'm not going to get my heart rate up. It's day three. I ran off the mat from wrestling Desi straight to the toilet because I thought there no other oh, way. The other... I thought you know, I thought I was gonna poop my pants. I was exhausted. <laughs> I just sat there panting and I was like, I really should have warmed up better. 
<laughs> so that day three is brutal. Just physically, your body doesn't know how to handle five, six absolute wars. And you can see it on everybody. Their face is banged up. They're limping around. They 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 clearly don't feel great. Uh, so this match with Davison match, when you came in 10 pounds, 12 pounds of life, did you get a good warm-up in because of how things went in 2019? Absolutely. I went, I did. I've, I've had a set warm-up this year. I didn't veer from it. Um, it was hard, really hard to do on Saturday, but I did it. Yeah, good for you. Uh, so yeah, awesome finish. That was your hundredth win, the the third place forfeit. So congrats. Um, Thank you. Looking forward now, right? You, you're you big freestyle guy, been on the world teams and whatnot. Um, what what does the future look like? You know, do you know where you're going to be training? I assume for the time being at Lehigh. Do you want to stay? Do you want to explore options? Do you want to wrestle at the Open trials, etc. I'll be wrestling at the open and uh, in terms of RTCs, I think it's important that I see what I'm worth, see <clears throat> where I'm valued. So um, I'm keeping my options open. I'm not signing anything yet. I just want to see how good I can get, see what I can be. So, but first off the open is in, in four weeks. So we're here training, getting ready for that. Did you? How much time did you get to take off, or not get to? But how much time did you take off the, the week? Did you take at least a week off? I took a week off the mat, and then I hit an upper and a lower body lift last week, just a meathead fun lift, which <laughs> hurt really bad. I got really sore from that, but uh -huh. we're back into a full training swing right now. Awesome, man! Well, I'm stoked. I'll be at the U.S. Open, so excited to see you compete out there. And um, I'm sure, I assume Klingman's going to be excited to see. You. I ain't going to talk for him, but I know he's got. We got a couple quick games we like to play at the end of our shows, and, and Kyle's got one. We're going to kick things off. All right. It's our game called Sweat It Out. First, let me say, man, what you did there, breaking that down, that's why I love the sport so much, what you were able to articulate and how you were able to articulate it because how often you get a behind-the-scenes on what happened. I was cutting up clips, so I didn't get a chance to see any of that. So to hear you break that down, that's just phenomenal. So kudos on that. Uh, Hoping to make you sweat here before you uh, you get out of here. Uh, you aren't warmed up for this, uh -oh. so hope you're ready to go. I'm already sweating. All make right. his heart rate go. Number Come on. <laughs> Number one, what wrestler from Lehigh won three NCAA titles over the same opponent in the finals all three years? Like Caruso. Man, he got it. Isn't it the Caruso Wrestling Complex facility? Mm -hmm. And it was the wrestler from Michigan. I cannot remember his name. Kyle, Bob bonus point. Of course, Kyle's Bob a freaking Fears, encyclopedia. Yeah. Well, I know some, not all. Uh, number two, <laughs> in the movie The Hangover, Ed Helms played Stu. What was Stu's profession? He was a dentist, but they like to call himself a doctor. <laughs> he got it. Doctors, dentists, or doctors? Technically. <laughs> Number three, what Lehigh wrestler was the subject of the documentary Veritas? Don Trench. Let's turn up the heat Number a little bit four. here, Kyle. What's that? <laughs> Crank these up a little bit here. He's cruising I here. I know, but la yesterday's were so difficult that I had to kind of. Okay, if he's in, four so for I four, I need you to take a good hard look at number five and think about making it tougher. But let's. I like the path we're okay. on, but he, he hasn't broken his sweat yet. Billy Joel wrote a song and sang the song about what Pennsylvania city? 
Allendown. Oh, come on, Kyle. This is a Lehigh guy. He's smart. I know, but number five, I hope you, you're a management major. I hope you don't use this management style. So what was the name of the character played by Leonardo DiCaprio in the film The Wolf of Wall Street about a fraud scam with penny stocks? The Wolf of Wall Street was, um, was that Jordan Belfort? Yep, Jordan <sighs> Belfort. Come on, come on, come up with, come, give me a, off the cuff, let's come up with a bonus <laughs> question. I'm, let's see if we can, I don't know the last time somebody went five for five. What you got, Kyle? Uh, he did. Uh, man, I'm trying to think of a, a bonus question here that would be really tough. Um, how many times did Mark Bader qualify for nationals? God damn it, what are we doing here? <laughs> for Missouri, were you two? What were well, you? We, we stumped him. Yeah, zero. Zero. I was going to say, like, who, did, who did Pat Santoro wrestle in the NCAA finals? Kyle, do you know the answer to this? Because I don't. Uh, I think it, he was from Hold on. Hold, do, do you know Jordan? He wrestled when he took second. It was Pete Yazo. He wrestled Sanders in one of them, if not both. Can you confirm this, Kyle? Townsend, yeah. At least one. But you're right about yeah. Yazo. He wrestled Yazo and got second to Yazo his sophomore year. Yeah. He's got all the answers. What's the winning Powerball number next week? <laughs> I do not have that one. <laughs> we stumped him. No, you crushed it. You crushed it. You. Five for five, six for, I don't know, seven for, however many, yeah. Okay, six for six, like just like college years here. Um, all right, one more. And this is, uh, there's no right or wrongs here. This is an opinion kind of, but this one's called wins and whoopings. All right, so I want you to think back over your entire career from second grade wrestling seventh graders to uh, the Davidson match and anything in between a memorable win for any reason, like could be a, a match that doesn't mean anything. Like could be a youth. It could be college. It could be freestyle. Um, and then like a, 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 on the other side, a whooping that stands out as just like God awful whooping that you wish you could forget. And, uh, and you don't want to talk about, but I'm asking you to. So, I'm looking for a, a, a memorable win and a memorable ass whooping. And you can do either one so first. My memorable win would be in sixth grade. I wrestled someone who was a seventh grader and he was the stud at the time in, in the intercollegiate wrestling league in the ICWL. And that's when I lost 15 pounds to get to 150 for the Wildwood elementary school duels so okay. i was hitting puberty i kind of leaned out a little bit and i got this big win and everyone's like what is jordan wood doing like he's starting to turn into a man and like win and that one felt really really good um and i think that's kind of what made me realize living life the right way training with these goals like i can i can do more than i imagine yeah my woman would be one of my gable stevenson matches one of 11 i think 10 or 11 what? Um, it was in the junior world team finals, the best two out of three, that first match, because we wrestled three times before that all relatively close. Um, who's number one was real close. The U S open that year. I think he beat me seven two. Um, but we got into some wrestling positions. He just went out there and teched me in a minute that time. And that's like, I felt like he made that jump. 
player. It was like, you can compete with him. You're not competing with him anymore. And we went back, me, Buxton, Santoro, after that match. And I was like, what, what do I do? Like, what do I change for match two? And they're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and so that was, that was the whooping that made me go, oof. Is that when you knew he was, I guess you said it, he had made a jump and not necessarily destined for greatness, but that's when you realized, wow, this, this dude's on another level. No, I knew that the first time we wrestled at the cadet trials. Because oh. um, typically when I wrestle somebody, even if I don't beat them, in my head, I'm like, oh, this is what I need to do to beat him. I just didn't do it. Yeah. And it. I walked off the mat and I was like, I don't really know what I should have done differently. And Buxton was in my corner at the time. And he's like, you should never lose to that kid again. Because <laughs> I was a 17-year-old world silver medalist. And he was just, I think he was 13 at the time, turning 14 the next day. And he's like, if you wrestle him at who's number one, you need to beat him. And then after who's number one, Buxton was like, I think he's actually special. <laughs> and it turned out to be him. Hey, well, but he's all the, right. First thing Buxton said to me was like, you should have never lost to that kid. Like, what are you doing? Coach, he's <laughs> actually pretty good. Don't know. He's good. Once in a generation type talent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's he is. fair to say. Sweet. Um, well, Jordan, this has been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. I liked hearing the the – the the mental swings um in high school and not going to state and thinking things were gonna you know freaking out and then same thing in college right from the end of your uh, fifth year and want to be just like all, all this stuff's fascinating to me and then talking through your matches um it was great man I really appreciate you coming on here and spending some time with us this morning I'm gonna give you the final word to say whatever you want to say before we let you move on with your day. I just want to say thanks for having me on. I've I've had a blast. Um, my time here at Lehigh has been absolutely incredible. So, if you want, if you're if you're young ears listening to this, come to Lehigh. It's a great home. It is a family. Awesome. And I think did you have a is there a store? Do you have an online store that I saw that popped up until like a couple just a week or two for now? Want to tell us about? Oh, I have a Team Wood store actually. You can get a cool. Hat, shirt, or long sleeve T-shirt this time through April 10th. So get your merchandise if you want to represent the big guy. All right. What do they got? How, how can they get it? Where do they got to go? Uh, there's a link in my Instagram bio. So follow me at BigWood50. Yep. Uh, right there. Awesome. All right. Well, hopefully we get uh, some sales from that and, and some people can support you and support your gear. So thanks so much for, for joining us today. And we'll see you out in Las Vegas here in just a few weeks. Kyle Bader, I appreciate it. Thanks for having right. me on. Thank you, man. Have Thank a great you. one. Totally. Oh, Kyle, that was awesome. That just, you know, it's been it's been a banger ever since the NCAA's had fantastic guests, and and this one was <laughs> just right on par. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed it. Been, and, and talk about today. I looked it up. His junior year, Pat Santoro beat uh, Sean O'Day sixteen to eleven. So I'd like to see that match. Good luck finding it. <laughs> I'd like to, but that would be uh that'd be a good one. Yeah, it would. Okay. Um, well, that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate everybody tuning in for Jordan Wood and Kyle Klingman. I'm Mark Bader. We will see you next week. Thanks.